Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome to the Co-Optional Podcast here on the 1st of May, 2018. It's an emergency. It's a May Day of some sort at sea. I don't know if it counts if it's not at sea. I'm not sure if any of us are currently at sea. I'm, I'm no. close. Amsterdam. Jesse. Yeah. I'm very close. Right. I mean, that'll probably work, honestly. Yeah, I'll take it. We're close you know enough. <laughs> May 1st was the day that I had listed for uh, Dodger's child's birthday. Yeah. Uh, they screwed me out of it. I was the first person. I was the earliest, and they screwed me out of it. And I want them to know they don't get congratulations from me. They get <laughs> scorn. scorn and hatred. That was my money. Wait, was it a poll? It we had a pool. We had a big office pool of right. when the baby was going to be born. But you and, lost? Well, what happened... Uh, is I was, they said the the due date was the 15th. And so everyone sort of put down money on whatever day mm -hmm. and I wanted May 1st, uh, but no one went earlier than May 1st. I was the earliest one. And, and they literally were like, oh, well, we're going to like induce labor. And they had it two <laughs> days earlier. What, but by prices right rules, you win. Right. right? No, it was like I the lowest bidder. I right? went over. Oh, oh, but, well, then, but if everyone went over, don't you win? Yeah, I mean, you're still the lowest person who went over. Look, I agree, but no one else will agree because it's their money too. I would have, I would have lost that bet. I would have said, like, you know, it's it's gonna be a May the Fourth baby, you know, just because Star Wars. But... So is it a draw? <laughs> no. I don't know how it works. I I feel like <laughs> all they have now is my anger and nothing else. I, I don't know. You, you guys should just take Fine. that money and just buy like a present for Duger's baby. I don't know. Something honestly, incredibly I don't know what to get like no one wins. I felt like I'd buy. I'd probably use the money to buy Dodger like a spa day or something. Like I don't know what to buy a baby, so I'd probably buy something nice for her. And like, yeah, I wouldn't bother with a spa day for the baby. They're probably. <laughs> <laughs> not gonna get sam anything he really didn't do much work so nah, I mean, it's all, we'll, no, we'll get dodger right. something nice and call it a day yeah but, it seems all right yeah yeah for those who don't know dodger has now a spawn of her own and it will be gone for some time we're not exactly sure how long we're thinking about a month but standing in for her for that month will be the one and only Jenna Bain, my Jenna. wonderful wife, sitting right next to me. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I am happy to be here, even through the kind of sort of weird circumstances. It's it's a it's a weird position to be in because it's the you know Dodgers on maternity leave, and I'm like the fill in. Pretty much, yeah. But so it's it's weird. It's like I'm happy to be here, but I'm not sure how happy everyone else will be to have me here. Well, we'll find well, out what? rapidly for the plummet yeah. sub numbers. <laughs> I was like. gonna say it's like, a, and when everybody unsubscribes and leaves in droves mm. because Dodgers not here, it's like I'm sorry, I killed the show. I don't worry. The show is on its way out anyway. <laughs> 
which is which is why it's important that at some point before all that happens, we get the Silver Fox himself, Mr. DJ Wheat, on the show. I am I'm so excited to be here, TB. I know, like we we tried hard to schedule this, and, uh, and it only took work us about and- four months. Yeah, but it happened. It and did. thank you, finally. Well, so far, um, it's happening. We'll see. It you, know, might, you know, it might break. It's quite likely, actually. Well, we'll hope, we'll hope that it doesn't. But uh, I, I want to say, um, you know, there are not too many people that come from the quote-unquote OG shoutcast era that are still around content creating today. Yeah, and so I hope you know that true. I... I, I appreciate you every single day because of that. And I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. Not a problem at all. And you are right. Like, there's this is actually an interesting group because it we've is. all had connections to one particular organization. <laughs> dumb, what? dumb, dumb. And yeah. that was, that was uh, for, for a week, very briefly, but Wow Radio. Wow Radio. Wow Radio. We all. All involved in that to some extent. Yeah. I remember interviewing Wheat was my very, like, one of my very first WoW Radio interviews was with Wheat and Scoots. And And uh, Slasher, too, right? And Slasher, yeah, at BlizzCon. (laughs) When I kicked everybody out of the room who was in there wanting to, like, listen and be hangers-on, and I'm just like, get out, we're broadcasting in here in this little broom closet. It's a long time ago. That was a long time ago. I don't think Slasher gets too many interviews anymore. (laughs) (laughs) oh no yeah he's Uh, yeah he's mostly he's he's mostly a person right now that uh just kind of yells about overwatch that seems to be my impression i mean overwatch league's like the best thing that happened to slasher it's great and yeah it's it's great for overwatch league because someone cares so yes Somebody. <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. I'm just, yeah. you know, well, I'm I'm trying to help out Jenna. She said that you know she was gonna mess up. The, I you know I want to try to mess up the show. <laughs> oh, that's totally I'm fine. Just, I don't know you're gonna find anyone to argue with anything you've said so yeah, far. No, <laughs> no one's gonna argue with you. Nobody here likes Overwatch League, so you don't have to worry about it. Wait, there's an Overwatch League? Ah. <laughs> Ouch! It's we were there yeah. and actually watched some of it. That was so. a lo- well. That, that was, was a while be- ago. That was a long. That time was ago. before they launched before the league. Yeah, before the official league. Yeah, they did yeah. the little trial thing down Atlanta, and it it was not compelling viewing. It uh, it was an interesting thing though. We had never been in that kind of uh, like studio audience prices right kind of well with the situation. people with the people basically signs saying please clap. Yes, yeah. and I was just like, whoa, this is so this much is weird, different, and I hate it. Was that in California or was that in Atlanta? Oh, okay, at the Turner. Yeah, building. sure, sure. Yeah. Okay, yeah, it it wasn't good. That that and we've talked about it like five times already. I'd rather not go into it yet again. Done. Yeah. <laughs> so let's not do that and talk about some games we've been playing this week. Instead, as we've mentioned, we're streamlining the show a little bit, making it a little bit shorter. Hopefully, focusing a little bit more on the games, a little bit less on the bullshit. So. So you brought in us? 
Uh, well, you know, you work with what you've got. This is a terrible plan. This can yeah, only you, end in sadness. You, you work. I mean, you could have Amazon same dayed some better guests. I mean, I'm just saying. I, I, not around here. It would have arrived by like laser ship at 11 p.m. Will arrive by 8 p.m. Yeah, will arrive by 8 p.m. That's that's the biggest lie if it ever says that. You know they're bullshitting you there. So Jesse, why don't you tell us your you're in Amsterdam right now. You yes. were in Poland, which means yes. you were at CD Projekt. Yes. So what exactly were you up to? Oh, well, I went and hosted a Gwent tournament. Um, they do a Challenger series. So they have a bunch of Gwent tournaments uh, that are just normal tournaments, but every so often they do a Challenger series, which is straight up just like their best players in the most CD Projekt red kind of scenario you can imagine so last time it was in a castle and they had cosplayers and stuff and cost and the theme was Nilfgaard so if you played Witcher you kind of get what that was about this time it was deep underground in a mine and it was an it was a, a squid elven dwarf thing it was fucking dope we went um into the Vilishka mine which is this it's one of the world's largest salt mines which is <sighs> Hey, don't perfect. you hate wow. on salt mines. Salt That's, mines produce some amazing cheese. Uh, that is perfect is. for it a was game a, It stream. was amazing. Perfect. And so we went down, uh, I don't know how many minutes of a mine cart ride, like, or an elevator shaft ride, but you go straight down, and then you go down a bunch more stairs, and then there's this giant great big hall where they had um, everything set up. It was like an underground hall built into the salt mine, and... It had chandeliers and it had uh, all the setup for the tournament, and it was fucking crazy. Was it broadcast, Jesse? Yeah. Mm -hmm. They they have internet in the salt. So can I tell you something? <laughs> the internet was better in the salt mine than in the hotel room. I'm I believe it. It was incredible, and uh, yeah, it was an ESL thing, and everyone just okay. like it was all. It was super well done. It was crazy. It was genuinely fucking crazy. And I, that's the one thing I love about them is when they do stuff, they do it from their own like weird, out, like pseudo cringe level of just like, they had cosplayers in the background. They made them do like weird stuff. They had like a story that took place during the course of the tournament that was about the prize being. So besides money, the person who won won a ring and it was supposed to be an ancient elven ring. And so the idea was that the characters from the world of the Witcher were after this item. And at the end, it ended up in the cave. And so there's like a whole story. It's just so weird. That's and awesome. And very much them. And so it's, it's, it was fantastic. It was a lot of fun. I had a blast. And then of course, at the end, we got super drunk on uh beer Need that was called like, <laughs> it was called like miners something but it was a very mm. punny beer and we just got drunk in a mine and I, was wet. I spent i i spent for three days i might have spent all but 12 hours outside of a mine like i was underground for three days it was crazy not until you leave do you like when you get hit by the air and you're like that's what it's like to breathe again oh yeah it's <laughs> i don't know how people are miners in general it's crazy but there was no claustrophobia. There was none of that. It was just you, you were like living underground. It was it was oh, that's cool. Bizarre. 
but yeah, it was um it was a solid Gwent tournament, but it's one of those things where you realize you understand very quickly why they decided to have a six month pause and reset the game and uh yeah, get ready I was for throne break. Gonna say they were doing something with the game, weren't they, that got people's backs up a little bit. Uh well, from talking to all the, the casters and everyone who was there, the basic sense that I get is when the game came out, it was very much like uh, I don't know if I want to use the word complicated, but it was a complicated game. It was a game that you had to like learn about and study. And, and it wasn't just the math that it was in Witcher because Gwent and the Witcher is literally just math, right? It's why well, I have more points than this guy. And the, so they made a complicated version. And then I guess what they try to do is make it more accessible to casual players. But by doing that, possibly broke some things in the game that yeah. made it really compelling and so the players who were there hardcore players hardcore longtime fans sort of pieced out and so i think they realized they made a mistake and were like okay how do we make mm. it better for both and uh they've been holding on to the one thing that i've wanted which was a single player they literally two years ago at e3 i played the single player campaign and it was fucking dope and uh it has not surfaced since and so I think this is going to lead to that as well. Fingers crossed. And if not, then they'll just put all the hardcore players back in a mine and close the mine up, never to be heard from again. <laughs> I'm telling you. Oh my, oh my God. I had to do an intro. <laughs> fuck. I had to do an intro video uh, to start the tournament. And so it was, you know, like one of those, this is where we're at. We're in this mine. This is the tournament, that kind of thing. But the area they had me do the opening was from the camera angle a very beautiful shot of like all these stairs going up into infinite darkness it looked very creepy but also like <laughs> fucking awesome but the behind the camera are tourist groups going through and oh the opening, my the opening of my dialogue was ah good you're here welcome to Vilichka assault mine and everyone who went through thought we were doing a tour Oh, <laughs> no. just get you a little flag and just, you know, people would stop and try to listen to what I had to say. But <laughs> the, the, the dialogue went from uh, like, like, let me tell you about the salt mine to there's an ancient elven ring. And people were like, oh, oh, man. <laughs> I love it. Incredible. That is it the so fucking funny. best. Yeah, it was fun. Kids are going to go home confused and tell tell all their friends at school. Like, hey, did you know the that there's an ancient elven that... ring in the salt mine? Did, did you know about the demons that live below? It's all true. All God. of it. So that was awesome. That, and that's a thing. No yeah, wonder you had to escape to go to Amsterdam instead. Yeah. yeah literally fleeing Poland. It's the next part of the quest. I'm going to let you know, Poland was like hotter than L.A., like it was like Ooh. almost 80 degrees. It was crazy. I was like, what's going on here? You got to watch so, out for European heat. It can really bite you in the ass when it wants to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, that's what pleasant. I did. Well, that's fair enough. Card wise, Mr. Wheat, are you much of a CCG player these days? Um, You know what? I feel like I went through the Hearthstone phase yeah. and I just couldn't keep up. And then what happened was uh, Mini Wheat hit an age where he could start to appreciate, uh, you know, physical. And so I would say I've probably played more magic mm. in the last like two years than anything because, you know, I have this 
tactile built-in challenger at home all the time and we can you know uh we've learned how to do two-player drafts and those uh those dual decks got were really great at at bringing him up to speed they're like Mm -hmm. crafted specifically for just two players to beat each other up uh so i you know i always look though right i'm always i'm always looking to see what people are doing i've tuned into just a very 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 small amount of gwent um and and occasionally we'll watch a Hearthstone stream, but other than that, nothing has really uh, been able to bring me back in since touching the cards again. You know what's, what I mean? What's the new one coming up? Because all I heard about this past weekend is it Artifact. There's some new card game coming up that everyone's like, "That's going to be the shit." It's I just don't know what game. it is. Yeah, Art- Artifact is Valve's game. Oh, I thought you were being I thought you were being sarcastic, Jesse. I'm sorry. I'm no a I, lot I, of truthfully, people, I know a lot of people I know are really mad about, about it. it. Like it may be shit. Oh, I know nothing man. about it. Yeah. It, it, let's just say quite a few people got upset upon hearing that it was coming. Okay. See, I I I had heard nothing. And so all I heard were people talking about it, and I was like, what the fuck is that? But I figured if people are talking about it, it must be like a good thing, question mark? I don't know. I, it probably will be, but they don't seem to think so. This is what happens when news finally reaches the salt mine. You don't understand. Jesse's just behind the time. <laughs> it took he like just heard about 12 it. messenger, you know, carrier <laughs> pigeons and carrier moles. We had to, they had to dig down and get it to me. Yeah. Go to the I, I trust Valve, I guess. I, I like what they've done with Dota. I like what they've done with Counter-Strike. I don't know if I'll like this game, but I know they'll probably make a pretty good experience. So I, I, mean, I would they, likely check out Artifact. Yeah, they don't really have a situation where they make bad games. And it was kind of the same with Blizzard as well. When Hearthstone first got announced, people laughed at it. Mm-hmm. And, well, who's fucking laughing now? <laughs> uh, you'd be able to hear the laughter if it wasn't muffled because they're drowning in six feet of money. Like, it's... Yeah. And it'll be the same here. You know, it's a Valve game. It's going to have Valve's level of polish. It's already got an established IP of people who may be interested in it. To think that Dota players don't play Hearthstone is laughable. And right. I, to even To even consider that, of course they do. And... It's got an interesting business model going on with it because it's buy up front, which is for a digital card game, very unusual. It's like the when you buy up front is literally here, $59.99. I'm in. Yeah, we're just, we're not sure what, what format's going to take. Like, mm. are they going to give you all the cards and then next expansion, they sell you all the cards for 30 or whatever? Or is it just a case of we're just making a buy up front for some reason? That would be very unvalve. It would be a bit <laughs> unvalve. Like it's the opposite of what you would expect from them but in that a respect. A lot of people have hmm. said the reason why they can't or don't keep up with card games is because of the amount of cards they have to keep purchasing over and over and over yeah. again. In order yeah, to stay in the meta. So- I, I stopped for that reason. It's just like this okay. is ridiculous. This is a, even if you have the money, it's an absurd amount of money to be expected to spend. So, if they go that route, that's a good that's a good thing. I would be very happy to spend money on expansions, and they're building in the whole trading thing into their marketplace. 
So shit's gonna have real world value like a real world card would. And I like that idea. Like so that idea I'm, lost. I'm buying in for basically a base to be able to play, but I'm I'm still subject to like, you know, if I want to improve my deck or whatever, I'm still going to have to like trade purchase. and just yeah. Yeah. Well I purchase yeah. like packs. That, that's the thing. That's what we don't know. Okay. So uh, okay. I don't know enough about the buy upfront thing to really say one way or the other because it's not as if there are not card games that sell you the whole base set for an upfront price. There are actually quite a lot of them, but they're mm-hmm. on the physical space. None of them are in digital. So, yeah. you know, I want to see what they're going to do with that. They sure. could go down the route of what Scrolls did, but Scrolls kind of fell flat on its ass. So I don't, I don't know. You know, if it's buy upfront, but then also buy packs, one has to scratch your head as to why you're buying upfront. Yeah, that that's an asshole move if that's the case. But it would be interesting if they gave you everything just from the start. Yeah, and that would be the most sensible thing to do if you're going to do that model, in my opinion. It would definitely scoop up a lot of people who are kind of going away from Hearthstone and other games that have decided, you know, hey, guess what? We're only playing with the current last two seasons of cards so all those cards that you bought in the past (laughs) no which is what they which is what they should be doing like people are like oh it's too late for a card game it's like no are you kidding me this is exactly the right time for a card game people are getting disillusioned as fuck with our Mm -hmm. current ones and a new model if valve said look you don't have to pay for a bunch of cards you get everything when you start Mm mm-hmm that could be refreshing is there i mean there's been a couple games that have also followed a model where it's like hey we're ready to put this into the hands of people and so if you buy in now right you are going to get x and that could be the entirety of an initial expansion but then beyond that then they would have a model that would support like oh i'm late to the game but man all these people said it's awesome and going that way um i you know i I, like i i actually uh, Battle Right did that, and, and still to this day yeah. I log into Battle Right because back then I like bought in, like you know, boom, boom, boom. Here's all these free characters that I've just unlocked. Yep. Um. So it's an interesting way to get me to keep coming back to the game, but I wonder if they would ever uh, go that route. I think if anyone's going to do it, it'll be them. Mm-hmm. They've got they've got the economy set up. They have the trading market already set up. They have all the infrastructure to make it work. I see no reason at all why they couldn't go that route. And if you're going to go cosmetic, I mean, you can give the full set of base cards to everybody and have a trading market based entirely on different tiers of cosmetics. And yes, people will trade for those. Yes, they will. They will. Yeah, yeah. Or, or, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I am am guilty as fuck fuck for just outright yep. buying like a hundred dollar cosmetics in dota 2 just be like yep that necroscythe is so badass i have to have it. It, it i so guilty as charged they're very good at being able to sell you cosmetics and jen you've been you've been playing a ton of hearthstone 
I have been attempting to play. Well, you've been uh, playing the new mode. I have been because, like, I, I mean, every time something new comes out, I'm always drawn back into it, and then I'm like, well, great. I can't really play ranked without having to remake decks and open packs and things like that. I didn't buy any packs this time. I just. Um, dusted a lot of stuff and made new what cards. Is, but what is the new mode this Witchwood, time? Witchwood. Um, they just—it's basically like dungeon run, except in the Witchwood. So, uh, it's, okay. well, the major difference is that. Well, it's four different. Um, you got four different classes. If they're not, they're basically mm. like kind of hybrids in a way. Like one of them is—it's um, supposed to be kind of like more like a. Oh gosh, what do you call it? Kind of almost like a demon hunter, stalker, or something like that. I can't remember what they call it now. Which is basically just like a rogue, and then there's a cannoneer. Which I wish they'd actually make that one an actual class in the game because that one's kind of cool, um, mm. where you fire a cannon each round. Um, well, well it costs two. Yeah, you don't fire it each round. It's like you got this invincible cannon creature. Yeah, it's awesome. It's all about positioning because you've got to bump the cannon to the left or the right to aim at specific things. Or between two cards, so it hits two cards yeah. at once. And if you actually destroy a minion with your cannon, then you have the opportunity to refresh it. So it's it's kind of reintroducing that echo mechanic that they've brought into it, where you can, certain cards obviously can echo, and you can pay over and over for the same card to do the same exact thing, as long as you still have uh, mana left. Interesting. Yeah, the main problem I had again with the cannoneer uh, when I played him, other than him being like, whoa, I do not understand how this invincible minion thing works. What the fuck was that? The starter deck he gets doesn't have a lot of cards in it, which actually manipulate the cannon. Yeah. So you, you get cards the same way you got on the dungeon run, where you got to pick like, uh, like three cards. There's okay. like three packs of three. Uh, so that works, but the problem is, you know, if you're going to have a class specifically based around a particular gimmick, a particular idea, and he's not as powerful as the other classes, if you don't have the right cards to support him, that could be a real pain in the ass. I haven't tried the other classes yet. I've played them all. Which do you think is, like, the best right out of the gate? Uh, the... Wow. Best right out of the game. I mean, the most fun for me was actually the Cannoneer. Um, but I think a lot of people have fun with Toki. She's like the pseudo mage who has like the time rewind capability, um, which doesn't make sense initially. It's like, why would I want to start my turn over? But then you look at the kinds of spells that you can get. It's like, well, if my arcane missiles didn't hit the targets I wanted it to, well, fine. I just rewind time and I do it one more time over again and I'm able to reset my entire turn. And there's also a card where you can get... Um, it's basically like a free life, like halfway through your run, if you happen to pick up this treasure, you don't die at the end. It's, um, I can't remember what that treasure is. It's like a, like a time spell where yeah. it you don't die, you just restart that game that you just died in. And you can basically fight nice. infinite Toki at the end, which is kind of cool too. Yeah, I mean, it's a good mode. It's a good mode in the same way the dungeon run was a good mode, uh, but it comes down to whether or not you want some weird classes that they kind of made up that are based on existing ones, or whether or not you just prefer to play one of the traditional classes. But it's good that they've got it in, 
uh, said they, you know, I love that particular kind of content. It's great. And there's a market for it, as was seen from the success of yeah. things like Slay the Spire. So Definitely. I'm interested to see if they can keep going with that. I just like to see them do more with it. And the thing is, I'd be willing to pay for more of it. You know, let me throw down 10, 20 bucks to get a big adventure. You know, that's what we used yeah. to do. And I would much rather have that. Yeah, get a big adventure with a bunch of new encounters and really expand that mode. I would pay for that, yeah. I mean, this the dungeon run stuff is nice for people who prefer to play single player like myself i that's just my personal preference yep. but I, I, this i don't know it felt a little half-baked in a way it's like here are these like four different uh, classes that don't actually exist you can't play them in ranked mode and they don't actually have uh, the ability to attack anything that's the weird part it's like every other hero well aside from warlock i guess you know you have the ability to attack or do like one damage against somebody um i mean the cannoneer i guess kind of gets that but the rest of them they're reliant on summoning something like the there's a hound master who so, summons so a hound but he only gets rush okay mm -hmm. so, so what you mean is they don't have a direct no direct way. attack Okay, so, but they've got weapon cards, surely. Well, Toki just t turns back time to the beginning of the turn. Tess, um, well, I'm trying to think of what she no, does. No, I'm saying, like, mm -hmm. you can get weapon cards for them later. Oh, yeah, yeah, you can get yeah. weapon cards they for them later. They just can't attack right out of the gate. Right, but it's just, it's different than what we see with the heroes that are obviously permanent fixtures in Hearthstone. With some of them, certainly. But... It is a free mode, and I always like a free mode. So that's okay. It was a reason to update my Hearthstone. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't bought a single pack either. I haven't bought a pack in four seasons now. Wow. So my stuff is completely obsolete. Absolutely obsolete. Yeah. I can't imagine what would happen if I tried to build the deck for ladder. It's like, well, you get... You can do it, I imagine. You can get classic, and we took all the good cards out of classic. There are a lot of people who are actually laddering, um, you know, through ranked with the free decks. They are they're still doing it. I mean, it's not impossible to do. No, it's just playing the dick. Well, yeah, you just have to be good at it. Are you, are you saying you're not good at Hearthstone? Not anymore. It, really? No. I I heard that you used to stream Hearthstone once. I upon wasn't a time. good then either. <laughs> It paid the bills. I was doing that, I was doing that <laughs> purely for money. Oh, okay. He admits it. Ha-ha! I admitted that years ago that I was doing Hearthstone purely for money. But as much as I pseudo-like Hearthstone, I don't know, like CCG and TCG, big difference. And I guess that's why so many people are looking, I guess, maybe forward and not so forward to Artifact. Yeah. That's why you're hearing about it, because it is yeah. TCG and not CCG. So... Right. Yeah. Totally different. And there's definitely room in the market for something different. There's absolutely room. There's no question. You know, with, with as many CCGs shutting down as there are, there's totally room. It just, it's got to be the right person with the right IP and the right business model. Because that's where they keep fucking up. It's business model all the time. I don't care how generous you are with a pack model. It's still a pack yeah. model, you know, or a season model that phases your cards out so they become useless is still a fucking season model. And my cards are still going to be useless. So well, They actually have magic creator Richard Garfield working on the collaboration. Uh -huh. That's interesting. 
280 cards, 44 heroes, three lanes of gameplay. That's, yeah. that's, that's yeah. quite a mouthful. That means. The, yeah. the, I mean, the lanes From thing. what I understand, it literally plays as a game of Dota. Dota. Yes. Yeah, that's and what the board so looks like. It also offers some really, uh, and again, like I'm, I'm speaking at a very high level based off of a few individuals that I know of, but um, there are situations where if you wanted to say, put everything into a top lane, you might sacrifice another lane in order to like gain ground. And so it does have sort of that aspect of it, which, you know, might appeal to some. I think it's quite interesting. And I think, you know, as TB said, using the lore of Dota or, you know, and, and that hero set, et cetera, um, could be really, really sweet. So I, I'm certainly excited enough that I will absolutely try it. And I think that's what a lot of other games have just failed to get me to do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I you know, I found a similar problem with getting into another CCG. At the moment, I yeah. am actually playing another one, and it's called Star Trek Adversaries, and it's pretty good. The thing is that at the moment, they're giving you a bunch of shit for free because they're like, you know what? We haven't implemented our economy yet. We haven't got all this shit down yet, so here's just some in-game currency. Go get a bunch of stuff and fight with it. Mm, and when we're ready to actually monetize, we will monetize. Uh, which is How is the actual card? How is the actual game? That's good. It's fully, it looks cool. It's fully 3D. I'm right now. Yeah, it's fully 3D, which is really nice. The ship models are very good. The use of sound assets, very good, although a little repetitive at times. And there's already a lot of choice in there for which flagship you can have and which captains you can have. And there's a couple of interesting mechanics, like being able to retreat your ships, for instance. So you can get them out of the fight. And there's a benefit to doing that. I think that actually puts the I think it puts the ship back in the deck. So, you know, before you lose it forever, you can get it back. And there's a bunch of other mechanics that synergize with that and sacrificing parts of your fleet in order to cause explosions and do all sorts of other stuff. I can bring a little bit of gameplay up on the screen right now to sort of demonstrate. And I mean, it's, you look at it, and as a Star Trek fan, it's already like, this is cool, cool. you know, because, I mean, look yeah. at the quality of these models. You know, look at the quality of this art, even though some of it's placeholder. And you've even got an ultimate system where you can charge up your ultimate, and each of those ships you've got has a completely different one. So you can do all sorts of shit with it. And putting crew members in ships gives them particular buffs and new abilities. So I take it there is like a single player aspect to it as well. I if there is, I don't it doesn't exist. Right I now. haven't yeah, probably doesn't exist yet. They're very much alpha at I the see, minute. Yeah. Uh you can play against the AI, um, which is competent, but outside of that I got uh, it. I mean, yeah. I, ho I hope they'll do some kind of campaign, though. It will be a waste not to, because they've got this big time crossover. They've got all sorts of things like, what? You can have Cisco and Janeway in there. You know, you can put Cisco in Voyager, and you can... I don't think Deep Space Nine is a playable card, but assuming it was, you could put Janeway in that... Or put Janeway in a fucking warbird, like, you know, <laughs> or, or something stupid like that. 
it's nice. It's slick. It works really well. It's got good good production value. So I'm intrigued to see where it goes. I'll no doubt be getting involved in it, I think. Just on the basis of like, look, it's a CCG and it's Star mm -hmm. Trek. What else could I ask for? Well, I'll tell you what, just based off of what I'm seeing and as someone who still invests quite a bit of time into into mobile games, uh, I could see this especially where they could, you know, add a campaign to unlock, get new car. Like, oh man, this is oh, yeah. just, oh, this is, it's just waiting. To oh yeah. I mean, they need to get it. I know they're making a mobile version uh, and it's coming, I think, relatively that's soon. The, so. That's the PC version then? Uh, yeah, I just showed you the PC oh. version. Yeah, I just assumed that, that looks like it was built for the iPad right there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you could totally you could totally do it on iPad as well. Their page on, on uh, Steam says that they I do see. have, um, like, battle your way through the single-player campaign. Well, so there you go. I'm assuming that that is Yeah, but I can't really the early access. We'll see. So. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. Uh -huh. Yeah, it's it's good. It's fun. You know, I, uh, I've enjoyed it so far. There's no doubt about that. So we'll see where it goes. And it's, like I said have the right theme make it interesting the fact that we don't have a digital star wars ccg yet is a bit baffling we just now got a star trek one but there's so many ip yeah that you could make a really strong ccg off the back of that they just haven't so bizarre i mean i know star wars has a ccg or specifically i think an lcg and they've also got a collectible dice game, but that's that's all physical. You know, they need something digital that people can use. Yeah, the closest thing they have is the is the sort of you know the tap warrior. Uh, what is it? I don't even remember the name of it right now, but it's a mobile. So and it's the same. You know, it's still similar. It's it's not a card game at all, but it's the only one that's really like oh, is that combining the one that's a like lot of those Clash IP. Royale. Hmm? Force Arena was that the ones like might, yeah that out. might be a Force Arena yeah I played a bit of that it's just like but it runs so poorly like yeah. even on the best iPad you can get it runs yeah. like absolute shit at all can, I mean from there is no strategy right I mean no. it's like it's no, yeah not really uh, Clash Royale is a far better game you know there's I wouldn't well, touch Force well Arena. hold on let let me add to the card discussion a little bit since someone brought that up because clash royale is a game that i still play yeah uh, i do from since... time to time what's that i do from time to time well so they just uh revamped their clan system okay and uh i i i at first i was not super intrigued but i've been blown away at their implementation in terms of just making clans communicate more and making it feel more like a team effort. Um, so they used to have like a clan chest, right? Where you just played games and everyone contributed crowns and that was neat and it happened every week, but it just got kind of boring after a while. And they just added, literally, they just call it clan wars. And it's a two day war where for the first 24 hours, everyone on your, on your clan is given three battles. And then you fight different battles based off of your preference, a 2v2, a sudden death, and you earn a new set of cards for everyone in the clan. Hmm. And then after 24 hours, everyone creates their own deck with the cards that you earned together to then fight against other clans. And you're up against five clans, and then you rank. And then there's a ladder based off of how well 
your clan does. But where it's really brought discussion up is first off, there's more coordination, which is kind of interesting. Like, Hey, I'll be around to play at seven. Um, but then also it's like, Hey, let's talk about what would be the best deck out of what we have. Um, you can practice the decks together. So how long this will last? I don't know, but it's the first time that they've made class Royale feel like we've got a team effort in it. And it's kind of cool. And so, yeah. so few of those mobile games, have clan uh, they've got clans pretty much all of them have clans but they're all 50 person get in here and um uh, <laughs> yeah no literally that, that. <laughs> it's like yeah what what why I am like, I-, I got a donation from yeah, it's pretty much it. card it's like yeah yeah, that uh, fr- frontline galactic or whatever I was playing galactic frontline or whatever it's kind of like that as well but at least they have this fun clan quiz you get every week where you can earn points for everybody. But still, it's like it's a it's an utterly pointless social edition that's just designed to try and uh, retain players and not right. actually have any impact on the game. Yeah. So it's cool to see that Clash Royale that came from Clash of Clans yeah. has some exactly. clan features. Yeah, exactly. Now, are you are you all aware with uh, Brawl Stars? Does anyone know the story of Brawl Stars, like I, Supercells? Okay, I've heard of it because it's Supercells kind it's of like mobile. It's their shooter like game, thing, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so it it I've played this game on and off uh, for probably about I think it was about a year. And it was one of those weird situations where like I I got a a key for it and I played it for six months, but it was only available on the Canadian store and then I couldn't download again. And, you know, so I went through this period where I played it, then didn't play it, then play it. Um, And it was a decent game, right? It was like, it was uh, uh, polished like many Supercell games are. Uh, It had pretty decent controls, but they just were not ever satisfied with the game to release. Uh, they weren't satisfied with their monetization, their progress, etc. This recent update, they have literally jettisoned like 70% of their audience because they just redid how the controls work. And it used to be this really intuitive control scheme where I could move with just a touch virtual joystick mm-hmm. and then I could tap wherever I wanted to fire. But they figured that people were getting too good at that mode. And so they had to put everyone on an equal equal playing field. So you can only kind of shoot where you can look now. And if you even go to the subreddit, it was just like, yep. I'm actually on their subreddit right now. That is the first place I went. And I'm like, the place is exploding. They're all like, any updates, uh, guys? What have you done? (laughs) Imagine if they were just like, yeah, so on PC, we've just decided that, you know, you can only play with the controller or you can only map eight keys. So you're, it's like, it was such a limiting thing. I've never seen. And for a company that I would say is like, pretty smart in this department oh yeah it's one of the most amazing like just peace everyone uh updates mm. ever yeah that's incredible that's you know for, for a company that's savvy god i mean it's weird it's, right yeah really weird it's like they made two very very good mobile games that were incredibly popular, stupidly profitable. You're totally talking about Boom Beach and Heyday, aren't you? I am not. <laughs> Boom, Beach. Boom Beach, yeah. No. Those commercials were. I know. <laughs> they were. You all watch the ads, we know. I, I mean, I think also the ship might have sailed 
at this point. Like, there, there's so many games either that genre or close to that genre that are now massive. I don't know if they can really oh, do yeah. that anymore. Well, you know what? I, I can't believe no one's been able to copy Clash Royale. Like, they almost made too good of a game you know, in the world, at least of like mobile clones, there have at least been games that have been successful off of new genres, but it just hasn't happened. I've even tried a few of them and it's just like, yep, shit. There yep, is, <laughs> there's one game that I view as better. Which and, one? Uh, the Titanfall game. Titanfall Assault is a, in my opinion, a better game than Clash Royale. It's more tactical. It's got excellent assets so great animations i'm gonna play all things like that TV. yeah give it a shot like i, I think you'll be surprised but if like, you hate it you got to let them know you yeah. well, i mean it, it has it, it, it has multiple almost maps. immediately it looks kind of like the star wars one which wasn't yeah. bad yeah but it's a lot better uh it doesn't it looks you, good you don't have you don't have to worry about the stupid control and individual hero thing there's different maps that all have different features rather than in clash royale where all the maps do the same thing You've got more direct control over your units. There's some All good right. stuff in there. It's, I'm definitely going to check it out. That's the, oh, oh, that's the only one I've found. Everything else has sucked. All right. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'm a sucker for a yep. game. Yeah. Give it a bash. But All apparently right. don't play Brawl Stars is the answer. Yeah, <laughs> don't. It's, it's weird, yeah. If you even can, I don't know. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like you might not even be able to download it anymore. Who knows? Well, the way that they went about it, like it was on the Canadian App Store for what, like a hot minute? Yeah. And yeah then, a year and a half maybe now? And then like went to the Norwegian and the Finnish iOS store and then it never even showed up until like January here. And then it's just like, hey, here's a game. And now let's 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 mess with it. Yeah. People are playing it. Let's mess with it. Yeah, they do that a lot, you know, because they, they, they're just testing different <laughs> markets. It's a cheap way to get a fresh perspective. Well, I mean, they yeah. are Finnish, so mm. I mean, launching in the you know Finnish iOS store, fine. But I don't understand the whole hey, we're gonna skirt around Canada and you know just maybe Ca see. Canada and New Zealand are pretty popular testing grounds because they're so polite. Is that why? I don't know why. With, with enough I, with enough Timmy Hortons, no one could possibly hate our game. I, I mean, that's true. That's true, though. Yeah. <laughs> enough Tim Hortons and everything gets better. It's that's just right. It's one hell of a drug. <laughs> that and poutine. We know. Oh, we know. Poutine done properly. Not at the same God. time. No, I wouldn't recommend that. No. That involves some bravery. Anything else that anyone has been playing this week that'd like to toss into the ring? I I mean, I'm late to the game, but uh, two weeks ago when it released, I did start God of War, and then I took a week-long trip, and then I was so excited to play again when I got back that I actually said, you know what? Fuck the five hours I played. I'm starting all over again. So I'm okay. now only about eight hours in, uh, but I'm sure it's already been said if you guys have talked about it. And I'm I'm loving every second of it. Um, but had it had an interesting start to the game because I just I, was. Go ahead. Yeah. No, can I ask? So, God, um, eight. I'm trying to figure out the timetable that people take with this game. Eight hours. Sure. I'll, I mean, I could probably give you uh, like a non climbing the mountain. Is that I I I was blocked to to climb okay. the mountain by All something right. that was black, and now yeah. I'm 
now I'm doing the other thing to you're at the part where where the boy is like we could do that or we could go do side quests right dad Wink? no no <laughs> this is literally the part where it's like no you can't go any further until you do this thing go to this other place that's where no, I'm all right, all right okay yeah, yeah so um it's after that bit that the game finally does its open world like right go have fun right jesus once you hit that point I have talked with so many people who finally started climbing the mountain again and they're 30 hours in. I was like, how, <laughs> how are you? That's so much time, but I get it. There's so much to do in this game that it's a fascinating departure from the previous God. Of oh, War. it absolutely is. And it's funny because every time that I'm like on a linear path, it will start to remind you like, oh no, you know, like the first time you hit the lake, you're like, all right. Like I, I'm starting to, oh, and you just get a sense right away, mm -hmm. right? Like, oh, here's a place I obviously can't go to yet, but we'll be able to soon. Um, I'm excited about that. Never had that in a, in a God of War game ever. Yeah. Uh, I, I, the, the game, it, it, I don't know what thought was put into, like what teams worked on this if it was just Corey, I, I don't know who came up with the genius behind this game, but it really is a perfect storm of you think, you know what to expect going to God of war immediately subverts that both yeah. by story and gameplay and world. And then as you play through, you're like, Oh, well, I think I sort of understand what this is. And then it <laughs> subverts it again. And then I'll let you know at about two thirds of the way through the game, it does another massive subversion of what you right. think the game is. And it keeps doing it over and over. So just when you think you kind of have a grip of what this game is, both at its core gameplay element-wise and at its core story-wise, shit changes on you at least a good two or three times during the course of the game. And you're just like, I'm ready. How? How does this happen? It's genius. It's genius. And... Uh, I, I like I'm not I can't say anything else without spoiling shit. It's fantastic. It's really incredible what they've made. And uh yeah, if you haven't played it yet, even if you're like I, I hear it's kind of dark soulsies, fuck that. Play it on easy mode. Just experience the game. Yeah. Because yeah. it's phenomenal. And it's hard to describe that uh without giving away some of the crazy shit that happens. But it's like plus it's like a really crazy father-son story that you do not expect. It, well, I, I I, mean, when they released the first trailer, of course, you know, got the moniker like Dad of War, uh, and it hasn't disappointed. I have a soft spot in my heart for any father-son story or any parental kid story, as some of my favorite playthroughs have been like, you know, The Walking Dead with the kid and everything, and uh, so yeah, this one just like, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna press these twelve buttons. It's just the perfect game. So I'm yeah. super excited. I did rage a little bit at the combat. Like, Jesse, I'm not going to lie. Like, I was so God of War, like, no, man, I'm like, should be whipping up up in the air and doing 10,000 at combo. So it was funny that that first five hours that I told you I replayed, I did it in an hour and a half because it was just like the combat. I was in the right space, the headspace for the combat. And it yeah. was just, it was, and I needed that. So I'm glad I took that had that trip in the middle. Cause I was just all like, oh, it's not the same, but it's, it's cool, but it's still not the same. And uh, so loving every second of it.
Yeah. How are you guys I mean, like coping with the camera, by the way, with that, with the change in combat and everything? Because that was like the big point when we saw like the trailer and the like gameplay trailers yeah, it was as well. A bit jarring to see. So how is like the change in combat for, for you guys so far with the difference in camera? Is it like, is does it just feel natural? Uh, well, I would recommend anyone just to turn lock off for one. Um, that was seemed to be the thing that would give me the most problems. It's just like, no, I, th I really think you should fight this enemy or I would accidentally lock on. And the moment I turn that off, you know, there is a button to kind of do a 180 flip, but they give you threat indicators and your sort of dodge mechanic as well as your role are all pretty good. So I've found more freedom in you know, not locking on, just getting rid of that shit. And, you know, it, was, I, I, yeah, I mean, I that feel was like a revelation we had as well. The, the, the idea of locking on, you think like, oh, this is going to help me kill this enemy. But because it still has that God of War vibe of where you're rarely going to fight just one enemy. <laughs> right. There's going to be like 12 guys up on a cliff throwing fireballs at you from behind. The lock on mechanic, what we discovered is that as you are attacking something, if you're locked onto something in front of you and you roll or one of the mechanics that you have, it'll lock onto something else instead yeah. of what you were just focusing on. The evade, the like little. Yeah, the sidestep. And so you'll switch what you were locking on, which if you're fighting, like if, if you're fighting one of the revenants, for example, just in the background, throwing shit at you the entire time. And you're like, I gotta kill her first or this fight's not going anywhere. You're locking onto all the little tiny peon guys coming in front of yeah. you, and it is such a pain in the ass. I agreed. Once we were just like turn off, we're just turn it off and never use it. Shit got way easier and yeah. much more simplified. So yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, Which that was fight two for me. I was just like, this is bullshit. I, <laughs> these guys are hitting me from the back. I can't disengage, and it was the it was the right. Yeah, and you have to recognize the difference between a red arrow indicator and a flashing purple arrow indicator and mm -hmm. whatever. There's a lot mechanically that you have to learn while playing. And I feel like uh, on the lesser difficulties, it's probably much easier because you're not punished as much, but the minute you hit hard mode, you just one shot and it's like, cool. Well, I learned nothing. I guess <laughs> I got to go back in there and attempt to learn it again. Yeah. They, were, just, they were not fucking around with that difficulty level. No, it is a, Bitch, it is unfair. You got a war or or challenge? Oh, give me a challenge is they'll one-shot you. God of War mode, they level up in combat. Yeah, so I, give give me a challenge is the one I'm playing on. And let me tell you, it's rough start. I, like yeah. The moment you get your first few items, I'm like, all right, this is it's a little bit more manageable. But I've still run into some shit that's just like... You're yeah, dead. you basically have to respect the like if you see a guy with purple. Yeah, thank God they use sort of wow mechanics, so I universally understand what's going on. Armor is green, blue, purple, right. orange. The threat indicators, like oh, well, that guy's yellow, so he's like your level, and that guy's green, so you're higher than him. And what you don't realize is that besides yellow, green, purple, there's also numbers. And like, oh, right, that guy's a purple. Level. That guy's a purple five, and you're level three. He's going to one shot your ass. And so you have to like figure everything out. And then in God of War mode, because you know, fuck you for trying. During combat, guys will start to like charge purple, and right. they'll start leveling up unless you stop them from doing it. And it is 
That's no, brutal. Yeah, no, it's a fucking you. RPG in disguise. Yeah. No, thank you. That's Bastards. not cool. All right, we're going to go to a break when we come back. Bit of coverage of the news. Talk a little bit about crunch time, which sounds fun. It really isn't. We'll tell you why in a moment. And, of course, wrap-up of this week's releases. You're watching the Corporal Podcast. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome back to the Co-Optional Podcast. Hopefully you enjoyed the break music. We've got lots to do and not a lot of time to do it. So, let's get right into it, shall we? Shall we? Hmm. The video game industry's dirty, dirty little secret. If I were to throw that phrase out at one of you, what would be the first thing that sprang to mind? Bad secret. <laughs> Well, I'm, I mean, it's not really a secret. It's not in this article, no. But if I would actually throw that out to you, what would be the first thing if you'd you actually say think? The dirty of? secret of, of gaming, yeah, of the industry. I would probably say that it, it's the fact that it's glorified, like that it's that people glorified as like being someplace you. I don't know, like like I I, I know what the article is, and I know what I would also say. And it's because I know some people who work in the industry, watching them work many, many hours for right. not a lot of money is a thing that happens way too often. So, and that's, people get all caught up, like, I can make a video game and I can do this. But if you're like just a grunt doing design for like a level or something, it doesn't matter that you're a person, you've got to get the job done and they will make you get it done. And it's like, okay, here's your $30,000. Like, it sucks. It sucks. That's what I would say. My son wants to be a game developer. Like we've talked about this over and over and he still thinks it's like the dream job. Once upon a time, every I thought kid, it was the dream job. Every kid does. Right. Yeah. But, and, and so, yeah, sure. It's, it's a bit of a dirty secret and this is why uh, he's, I told him he probably should just be an engineer because they need engineers for everything. Yeah. <laughs> At least he got some job security. Yeah, yeah. I would say over the last ten years, we've had some dirty secrets revealed, and that this is the one that I feel like hasn't been talked about, and it sounds like is you know kind of about to be talked about. It definitely hasn't been addressed. Oh, I mean, sure. it, it was talked about thirteen years ago. The problem is not mm -hmm. enough people are coming forward and giving examples because obviously they'll get fired. How, um, how about this? <laughs> it's been talked about, but then at some level, it's kind of been accepted. Yeah. And then exactly. no one talked about it. Yeah. Well, people still talk about it, but I think they also talk about it in terms of, I don't want to say love, but like almost like a band of brothers situation where everyone <laughs> went through it, came we out on the other side. Like, together. We, we did that. To, yeah. We yeah. did this together and it made us like a better unit. But in reality, most of those people after that's done are like, sent their separate way and nothing really happened but i think they have to like rationalize it because when you if you look on paper about crunch time for example the shit that goes down it should not go down it's a, <laughs> it's, it's some it's some ptsd inducing stuff i yeah i've i've read some insane stuff i mean i remember reading an article about crunch must have been over 10 years ago in a pc game it might have been 15 years ago actually and it was the same shit they're saying right now. Uh, the reason we're bringing it up again is because the developers of Warhammer 40k, Inquisitor, Martyr, Neocore, they put out a statement that said the staff were going to work 90 plus hour weeks to get the game finished on time. 
But then, ha ha, just kidding, it, guys. Yeah, it later just said, kidding. It later said that they were joking, which was not is not a very good thing to joke about. Let's be honest. And it has reignited that debate once again, and rightfully so, because ninety plus hour weeks. That sounds really bad, but I've heard of worse. I have heard of way, mm. way worse. I mean, we're talking about people sleeping under desks. We're talking about people never getting home. Even when we went to Bungie before the release of Destiny 1, they were proud of the fact they had platters of food catered <laughs> in the development house so people didn't have to leave. That's, I mean, look... Uh, you, uh, all of I, I assume all of us know like Blizzard does that too. That's like a thing Blizzard yeah. does when they have crunch time. It's like people I mean, just bring out everybody cots. does. Yeah. Blizzard, does I'm sorry. Uh, it's done when it's it's ready. What? It's it's ready when it's done. Blizzard not crunch. Anymore. What? Hashtag Activision. No. It's, it's not how it no. works anymore. <laughs> not under the Bobby Kotick whip. What? <laughs> I, I mean, even even right not not necessarily the same but i see where a lot of the culture like uh can overlap a little bit but uh you know being in silicon valley you you maximize keeping people in the office to get the most amount of work done mm-hmm. not sure because you're always connected there's no totally. reason for you not to work you could work from home even if you had to right right exactly so i it, it, i just find it like weird to me because obviously the thing is is that there's nowhere that you can really go to complain about something like that uh, because especially in this world and something they talk about is that like, well, everyone's expendable unless you're like here or here yep. and maybe here in that, in that trait. We've seen entire studios kind of like go up because they did this and that and they thought that they were here and, and weren't actually there because they've had to take responsibility for a game that didn't, wasn't, well made because they crunched people too hard they were burnt out when, burnt out people do when, not make good games well burned out people don't do good creative shit in general yeah. and that that's common knowledge at this point that's not some new revelation so i don't really know why we're still even talking about it but apparently we are because it's still fucking happening and these days it's even more pointless, especially from a consumer side of things. Like when they put this statement out, it was they were arguing that it was an apology to the fans, to to the customers. It's like the customers don't give a shit if Inquisitor Marta comes out a month late. It's already in early access. They can play the current state of it. It could remain in early access for years, probably should. In the state that I've played it, yeah, definitely should. But it, I think there's an overimportance put on hitting those deadlines. Mm-hmm. And I think that's becoming less and less relevant the more digital we go. We don't have to go to print. We don't have to go gold. And as we've seen, we don't even have to release a finished game. So it amazes me that we have crunch time and yet we are consistently releasing unfinished games. Like it's surely we should get at least one benefit from the fact that we're killing these people. Surely. I mean, can I just like throw out the question? Cause um, I mean, I know that we could probably all come to the table with our own stories and things we've heard, et cetera. But like the interesting um, perspective is, is like, if you work backwards, how, how can you fix this? Right? Like what is, 
it, or is it fixable? I don't know. But if it's everything from like a better understanding of the gaming populace in terms of like the indie creators to, you know, I, I, I just don't know because everything at the top these days, it's driven by the fact that we get that Call of Duty on an annual basis. And, right. you know, like I, I just, I worry that I don't know what the solution could be or even a step to kind of eliminate this from the, our industry. Madden needs to take a gap year. That's, the, that's what needs to happen. Well, you know, Assassin's Creed certainly didn't. It benefited from it. The yeah. uh, I think we have actually so few of these annualized franchises now that it seems the need for that level of crunch just isn't there. There's just no point. It, it, right. it is too much for no real benefit. And people are buying games all year round, now, especially with the digital culture when it comes to downloads. Christmas is still a great time for selling video games. If you can hit that Christmas release date, that's great. But it also doesn't really matter if you're a bit light, because chances are people are buying it anyway. And you probably still have to patch it. Hey, you I mean, absolutely will, yeah. I, I, I totally agree with you. However, I know that there's a marketing team who's like, you shut the hell up, Total Biscuit, right now. Like, they have to release on, you know, or that the, the executive above there, like, I actually am to the point now where it's like digital release everything. If I can get it now, mm -hmm. I'd rather play it now. But we're also still so driven by dumb shit. Like we have to print boxes. These boxes have to be done by a certain time. We have to like, you know, buy the inventory and the ability to be able to print all these discs so that they go out as well. Maybe a shift to, or a, a even more acceptance to like the, a digital market would just help in that, in that regard, because that wouldn't bother me. Like you said, I'm still going to play game X, Y, or Z, whether There's it comes so out many on games Friday anyway. or Wednesday. There's so many. It's like, oh, no, I've got nothing to play, said nobody ever in the current gaming climate. <laughs> right, yeah. like, right, th There's right. so much for you yeah. to try. And even if you don't get something new, you probably haven't finished all your old shit in the first place. I got a Steam library. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't want to show you the percentage of no, games I've no. actually played versus unplayed. No, no. That's I'll scary. I, how about, you know, I'm going to release this game for $24.99 on June 15th. And for every month that I don't hit that date, I'm going to drop a dollar off of that price. <laughs> Would you buy my game? Would you... Would that be an acceptable? Would you be like, yeah, that's a. I mean, given that it's a I, I, decent I, game, I'm gonna let you know. I feel like I've been on the internet long enough to know people will still freak the like people right. be pissed. No matter right. what you do, no matter what you say, the audience will be mad at you for not delivering it on the date. It doesn't matter. They'll still buy it. Like they will still buy it, but their anger yeah. is literally irrelevant. It's but, irrelevant, but you you still have to kind of take the heat a little bit. Right. I mean, and and I think if you're a company, heat is not something that you as a giant organization want. No, and all all you want is money, and so if people are giving <laughs> you a hard time. You see that as as like, oh, we have to deal with this now. I, yeah, I, I it just seems the more and more consolidated giant big gaming companies become, the more and more this is an issue, and. It, it, the days when there were a lot of 
publishers and people creating games, it, it, it was sort of whenever a thing got done, it got done. And there was enough AAA stuff going around that it didn't, you didn't have to hit windows mm-hmm. because there was always something that, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. No, you're right. It's, it's, it still happens. Like every time, every year it seems, it's usually right around the fall, but it's still before Christmas. It's before the Christmas rush. We always seem to get like two or three open world games that are kind of big, that kind of hit around the same time. And I always have to, I get stuck choosing between which one to play. And it's like, why, why, why is this even happening? Why couldn't they have just released a month later? Why, why make me choose? Because well, they're still competing. They're still competing against each other, even though yeah. they shouldn't be. Didn't we have that same thing? Uh, was it the beginning of March or beginning or end of February? One of the like, there's two big periods during yeah. the year. They dump what? all the big games, and then the rest of the time they're like, well, you know, sprinkle them in here and there. Uh, yeah, it's our fine. studies, our studies, our analysis say that this isn't a good time to sell a game. Well, one of it, a part of it's the tax year in it. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're getting that, is. and you've also got the Christmas rush. You got the Christmas recovery. Yeah. Goodness knows you're not buying games in January. You're not buying games in February. You're going to buy them in March. You filed that tax return early. You got that refund. Yeah. I mean, that's, and that's well, also mostly like a problem. <laughs> yeah, like that's a AAA level most of the time, right? Like, right. I don't think I've ever seen an indie studio rush something. No. Like, shit, we have to hit Q1 earnings. Like, <laughs> no, I don't think I so. Also, I also think we've said this on this podcast numerous times. The fact that so much money and time and energy goes into the AAA titles now, those companies shouldn't just be making AAA games. There should be like a AA category. And like, like take it. Yes. There used to be games that were not spectacles people used to make games that were just fun and weren't million like multi-million dollar games they were just good games and that doesn't seem to be a thing most AAA companies want to do anymore because it's about branding and marketing and all the other things that go along with making a huge game rather than just making like four really good games in a year well i mean there was this guy a few years ago total biscuit i think they said his name was and he had like these kinds of standards or something and so then and all he these ruined it? Games, is this his fault i don't all, think it's my fault somehow all, all these oh, game okay. developers kind of got together and they're just like you know we can't release games unless they run at okay, a certain thing well for one thing getting game developers <laughs> together totally yeah you seen, totally you've seen him try to make a union yeah i don't think so no see okay no, no, th- you, i'm glad you said that word because this is where it comes down the fact that we don't have a game like games workers union th- would that fix the problems with crunch mm. is that where mm. the problem needs to be solved maybe or is it it, w- it-, it might help you know the, the uh, when you've got things like sag after who an organization who obviously got something done behind the scenes they didn't get everything they wanted for their members but they got something I think, done i think the frightening part about that is in theory sure it would work but the reality is video games are created all over the world and i know the exact response an american company would give you which is if we unionize american video game workers we are now at a disadvantage when competing with the same thing every union conversation gets to which is now we're at a disadvantage to company overseas 
who doesn't have that and so we fall behind as a video game company and so your game like they'll just I, open open an overseas office and they'll solve yeah. the problem with that or independent contractors and that's and that's and how then, some people are already solving the problems to ease their conscience it's not the right yeah. move but it's their move yeah. yeah it's an interesting it's an interesting concept um not easily fixed for that reason yeah unless yeah you, it, unless you remove the made. greed well you got to remove greed from the equation and good luck <laughs> yeah do you do easy. you think that in addition to this there is a underappreciation of talent within the games industry and that is a, a source of the problem too i you know, think like, so i think there's a lot of attitude where someone is replaceable which in a creative medium you shouldn't really believe that they are that yeah, expendable in reality yeah. there are very few people you would think who would be replaceable in a creative medium right. especially when they've been with the project for a long time and we've seen projects go off the rails when they have got rid of important people who they haven't considered to be important well i i think the problem is is that at least, I mean, I've never developed a AAA game, but from what I can tell, having seen them being made, it is very much like person A does just a little tiny thing, and person B does a little tiny thing, and person C does like the art asset on this one character. And so I think in the in a huge company, you can say I can replace you because I can find another person who can fill in the blank, like right. fill in the colors on this leg. And if you're looking at a smaller game or an indie game one of those people leaving it that kills the game and so mm. you mean more and i think that's why you see a lot more indie games because people are willing to like go all in with that but um yeah i i understand how they can say that as a big corporate overlord saying i don't need you because you do one little small you aren't the person who made the characters you're the person who made the characters backpack anyone can do that <laughs> i can fire yeah <laughs> <laughs> like you just made a texture yeah i can yeah. i can get an, a, a high school intern in here who can make me a yeah. texture go away but that's what they teach people in school is how to yeah. do that aspect of it right how to do the like it's a it's it's more about getting into the industry of like ah yeah i can make a hill in the background i'm very good at making hills like yeah so are a bunch of other people it's just a fucking hill and i think that's the the shitty part is is they set you up for that kind of all right, got to get back. I just got fired from this game because the game came out and I am no longer needed. Right. So I got to go out there and hunt something else down. And that sucks. That's not cool. I mean, it is, to TV's point too, uh, about SAG, it is as close to sort of the movie industry as you can get. And that, you know, like, yes, I can find another gaffer. I can find another person to you know, transport talent to pack up lights, et cetera. Probably not. It's going to be a little bit harder to, to replace the director, but those people are protected by not having to work 38 hours on a set by, you know, a lot of things. Um, mm. uh, but there's also an acceptance of that. Sure. It has its issues. And for the most part, like Hollywood kind of dominates that industry. Whereas like, I would not necessarily say that, the United States dot. I mean, maybe you could say that, but, um, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe they do. Dominate yeah, I don't video know games about industry? the situation in overseas film industries. I don't, I don't know how that works. 
Uh, well, I mean, it could be that I just get a crew from over there, or if I'm bringing all my crew out, they're still under, you know, union uh, criteria, et cetera. Like, I, there's all very specific things that would go along with it. Yeah. But more than likely, you're just hiring a crew out in Amsterdam to go shoot, you know, Jesse Cox's new comedy show. And that's what he's really doing there. That's what I'm doing here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. I gave it away. <laughs> Yeah, it's hard though. Like, I, God, it's just it's crazy to think where do you even start with that. I mean, how do you change like company culture, one that's been established well, for so many industry years? wide culture? Yeah. Well, I mean, mm -hmm. I'm just saying, like, how how would it yeah. how would it uh, like evolve? How how could it naturally come about? Really, um, it would literally have to be companies standing up one after another, saying that our company from this day forward is going to go through this culture change. And these are the reasons for it, for better mental health reasons, for our workers, for better game production, for better product management, project management as well. Um, you know, just because we believe that a better product comes from, you know, allowing the time for creativeness and I'm blithering, but. I, no, I don't know. I don't know that a current company does that. Yeah, I, I just wish like, they did. <laughs> That's my yeah, problem. You know, I wish they did. But I feel like like uh, like startups or newer companies, companies that that start from the core, like the ground up. This is our philosophy. Yeah. I don't know how you inject. It's like trying to like it's it's like if you have a child, but then deciding four years later you're gonna actually try to raise the kid. Well. <laughs> You've already, that's four years of time where this kid has been yeah. like out with the wolves and shit and you're going to try and change it now? Like that's very hard. And I don't know when or how that happens with current gaming culture. It, it has to happen from new companies and new startups that say from the ground up, this is how we operate. And to all of the, our fans and the people who play our games, like we'll get it done when it gets done, but the people who work here are more important. Like that kind of shit. Yeah. Then things will change. But I don't know that, well, God, I would what, think about how about in exile? Right. Okay. They mm -hmm. they a, a, a group of individuals that kind of left the triple A world because of a lot of things ranging from don't like the crunch time, want to finish the game and we're done to, you know, the way that the employees are awarded. I cannot speak for what the employee experience must be. At NXL, but I'd be really curious because they are one of the outliers, I think, in terms of, hey, we don't like the norm of the games industry. And so we're going to kind of, you know, march to the beat of our own drum. And I don't think I've ever heard like, hey, it really sucks to work at NXL. I, I watch I their videos and they're like, their glass great. door rating is 3.6. So that's not too bad. <laughs> that's okay. Not great, but okay. <laughs> Literally, the first review says, pretty good. Former contractor, anonymous contractor. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> Pros, if you love okay. video game development, working here will be a blast, especially if you like old school RPG style games. You get to create what you love. Truly, the only things we make, but yep. never mind. Yeah. I mean, uh, but I, I, I think it definitely takes the titans or, or the, the the big wigs of our industry right now yeah to walk away from what they have and set up something new and, and make the change yeah and then it can happen yes then i can see that but as long as 
the current system is if you want to if, if you're a big shot in the industry and you want to get something done the easy way of doing it is working with these companies that let's just like yeah i think i think it's possible. getting to the point where we'll see more and more of that because it's becoming more and more possible yeah working remotely is much easier than it used to be the software and the engines we have access to are unbelievably powerful and incredibly cheap compared to what they used to be. If, you know, th think about how much it used to be to license the fucking Quake 3 engine back in the day. Right, right. You know, compared to what it would cost you to license a real 4. Hint, well, nothing if you're willing to take their agreement. That's or like you, the Netflix or you can buy of game engine development right there. They'll uh, let you make anything. Pitch us your idea. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, if uh, in return for a, a cut perpetually or alternatively, you know, you buy what you need, it's got a lot easier to do that. And yeah. as you said, Jesse, people who can make hills are to a penny. So let's find one for our little uh, remote indie studio and let's make something fucking awesome and yeah. we're starting to see some examples of that we're starting to see things like hellblade pop up we bring that up constantly because one of the best looking like closest to triple a indie titles that has existed there are tons of great indie games but there are very few that look like that it felt like one you know, and i don't play i, I don't usually play all of the triple A's that come out in a year, but after playing Hellblade, I was I was like that felt like a triple A game. But I, and, and I, I then I went back and watched like how they made it, and I'm like, wow, this is actually quite a small group of people involved, but they just poured so much into it. And I think that goes to say something that probably is, if it's not true now, it'll be true in the future. I feel like this is the wave of things. Those types of games the real innovation is not going to come from the States anymore. Like when it comes to gaming, uh, I feel like uh, there's a lot of European companies that are now willing to take crazy risks when mm -hmm. American companies 10 years ago, 20 years ago were doing that instead of Japan. And yeah. so I feel like things are, are, are slowly moving away from these giant American behemoths to uh, smaller European studios that are like, well, we have grand ideas and schemes. And before you get Euro like jank games that were that were grand and big, but at, at the core really like clunky and awful. And now they they're starting to figure out a way to make those grand bigger ideas they have in their heads really come to fruition. And yeah, so, they like, don't suck quite as much. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no. Which is it'll, which is good it'll be say. only amount of time before they are actually very, very, very good. And then, uh, you know, they can only keep sucking for so long. Eventually, shit's going to get figured out. Eventually, we'll never have to load you play again. Oh, the dream. I doubt The dream. That. Although, <laughs> speaking of you play, one game that did manage to escape it uh, was Call of Juarez Gunslinger. Oh, yeah. Weirdly enough, that actually ended up... It disappeared from Steam. We have no idea why. And apparently Techland picked it up, which is weird because, again, it's an Ubisoft-published game. And they put it back out again. I, uh, Techland, I believe, was the developer. 
Um, and what they did was they have established a publishing arm and they acquired the game back, wow. which is weird. And what are they? So is it back on Steam again? Yeah, it's back on Steam again. Oh, okay. And that game's fucking great, by the way. It's really, really fun. Yeah. You should definitely play it. It is. It is. Unlike the cartel. Don't touch the cartel. <laughs> no other 10-foot pole. Uh, <laughs> the other the other Call of Juarez games are good. Gunslinger especially is good. But, yeah, they, they got it back from Ubisoft. Ubisoft evidently has no interest in doing anything else with Call of Juarez. Okay, let Teclan do something with it then. Yeah, Gunslinger is on sale on Steam for $10 until May the 4th. Totally worth it. Interesting. Except for, yeah, yeah, but no, you got a few days to get it, yeah. Mm -hmm. If you're listening it. live. <laughs> no, nah, you, can, you can get it even on the board as well. Mm, barely. <laughs> yeah. That's, I think that's kind of about it for news this week. Is there anybody that has anything they really wanted to talk about that just happened to have popped up this week? Uh, we could laugh briefly at, hey, pay or watch the child be strangled in the Harry Potter oh. mystery game. Okay, hey, I've been playing this. I have been playing this. Wait, is this okay. the new one that came yes. out for yeah. iPad? Yes. I had to play it because I was. I thought it was going to be, I knew it was going to be ridiculous. Okay. And so I had to do it. Just trust me. I had to do it. It is the most boring, spend 25 taps of your moment. Like that's literally it's all you know twenty five taps of energy basically go away for an hour come back do <sighs> twenty five more taps of of things, but you can go to classes you can go to potions class and learn potions and, and then you can go to a spells class and learn spells or you can learn how to fly and they go through all the years and so it's just I don't know it's the most ridiculous thing that you ever thought it would be. The yeah, my Jen Jen is playing this and let me give you the let, so first off, because we all use the same iTunes account, you know, one day I'm on my phone and all of a sudden I see this Harry Potter game downloading. What is so this trash? Like, <laughs> like, how's the new Harry Potter game? So I, I look over the other day and literally it actually looks good. It's full 3D and stuff. But I'm like, yeah, so what do you do? And she just taps this thing that says <laughs> yeah. listen five times like. And you uh -huh. listen, dude, that's how you listen. And then it like collected some XP. And then there was like an examine on the board and she like pressed examine <laughs> twice. Yeah. And I'm just like, there are some thrilling. like, you, you fill up the, uh, they're like stars that go along a, a progress bar for whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish. And based on that, you get points into um, like your health, your bravery yeah. or your knowledge and they sort you into the houses and all that crazy stuff. But you also get to duel with uh, this girl who hates you. I don't know if, if you're a boy in the game, if it's you, a boy who hates you, I don't you're know. You're doing a phenomenal job of dodging the fact that oh, the, the strangling, but that only happens in the beginning of the game. It doesn't oh, happen that's again. Okay. All right, as, long, that's, as far as you know. <sighs> it, it, <laughs> it, it's just, it's hilarious because it's a game where you do nothing, but you can pay to skip doing nothing to then do more nothing. I'm sorry, have you and not played case, Farmville? Because no, that, I mean, no, I'm just I haven't. saying, this this has been around for a while. No, I haven't, I have not, because it's dumb. Yeah, no, I'm just, I'm, I'm surprised to see that it has ranked so high on it, the iOS charts. It's just, it's just it amazes me. It's, it, this is the visual of it. Did no one look at this and thought, okay, I can just sit here for 25 minutes 
watching my energy go back up as this kid supposedly no, you, gets slowly strangled by vines. You get one energy every four minutes. So it's oh an hour. God. It's an hour. Yeah. That's even worse. It's crazy. Me. Yeah. It's ridiculous. But I, I've been doing it just to see if there was any amount of skill because I saw that it had like the dueling in it. And so I was thinking, okay, well, maybe if I only no. get to this point, then maybe there'll be some something good, actually. No. Um, like the biggest uh, challenge thing that I have failed so far is failing to tap a focus ring. Like it, it does that whole thing where <laughs> the focus bar goes out and comes back against the line and, you know, you're supposed to tap it at just the right moment. And oh, I didn't. And Professor Snape was very cross with me. And it's just yeah. like, oh, buy more so microtransactions. Weird. I know it's 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 dumb. It is so dumb. But what Warner's brother Warner Brothers probably owns it, so they're probably the ones to blame for it all. Yep. Par apparently, it costs uh, it costs about uh, five pounds or about eight dollars or so to get glasses. You can't have glasses otherwise, unless you grind an obscene amount of in-game currency. Haircuts are like. $13, $14. The haircuts are kind of ridiculous. I mean, they have a they have like five choices that are free when you create your character. But yeah, everything is very cosmetically driven. Like for new robes that look cooler than the default robe. Like, oh yeah, you know, you're going to have to pay. Wait, and then why they have would you jewelry. Get cool robes? I, well, you're you get school. you get robes by default, but they're not as cool as the robes you could School's have. It's not free. I know, Listen. right? Yeah, but you're it costs a lot to send a kid to Hogwarts. What's the point of uniforms if they aren't uniform? That's all I'm saying. I, know. I mean, I agree. Sense. I I send a letter to the principal and everything. Oh my god! But yeah, so far the only mystery that I've figured out is that my brother apparently did something bad at the school, and oh the school bully god, who hates riddle. me is uh, is also like on the hunt to try to figure out where these secret caverns are or something, and. And that, literally, that's it. It is. This sounds terrible. It is terrible. It's taken me twenty. Stop playing. It's taken me twenty-four hours to get to this point. Stop playing. And I, well, that is the ultimate so, so end of it. Twenty-four yes. hours. Twenty-four I, hours. Well, I mean, I assume the vast majority of that time you weren't actually that's playing great. it. No, I was you tapping and then and then went away for like an hour and then came back and tapped some more. Just unbelievable. I got like all the way up to four stars of bar pro progress on one class thing, and then oh I went away. God. And they have time limits that you can complete the quest of or the lesson in. They do. Of course they do. And so I went away, and I came back, and I'm like, oh great, I lost all of my progress. I didn't complete the spell in time. Oh no. Yeah. It's dumb. It is super dumb. Basically, what we're saying is get Star Wars Episode One Racer on GOG that came out instead. <laughs> it's a much, Yo, that much super fun. Yeah, man. Yeah, the game is good. awesome. I'm absolutely going to play some more of that. That was a great fun game. All right. Well, let's see if we can find a few more fun games. We're moving on to releases, folks. We've got a, a few things that came out this week. We dug a few out of the release list. The rest we have pretty much ignored because they are uh, mostly awful, but... We shall give these a shot nonetheless. All right. Jesse, I think you chose the first one on our list here. Did you not? Yes. Uh, Dead Secret Circle. It's a horror mystery game set in the 70s in Chicago. It just looks super interesting. Uh, more importantly, looks very weird. And I like that. It isn't a... Uh, jump scary horror game it is just a very like solve puzzles while a weird killer like sort of stalks you i thought that's kind of neat looking so i'm sure you'll see that 
on your favorite screamo person's page youtube channel in the not too distant future yeah. yeah it's entirely possible you also had miasma or the demon stone yes uh it's how do you get a choice F it's an F fmv and it looks like like uh really like some of the screenshots the players don't look like they're human and then other screenshots <laughs> definitely like actors and I love. Oh yeah, look, this is. I, I mean, this is full on FMV. A lot of it. Yeah. Yeah, I love FMV games. I will never not support them. They always make me smile. So uh, shout out to everyone who keeps making them because I will keep playing them. Oh man, hilarious! I love them. I love it. But the question is, Miasma or the Demons Eternal? Which will it be? Uh, probably Miasma. Okay. I would. I would assume. One would assume. <laughs> With a Z, I don't know if Miasma's ever oh, spelled that way. I see what you're talking about, Jesse. Where it's it's almost like the old school Sierra style, where at times mm -hmm. it looks like they just took a picture, but then full motion video, the, the yeah. and like the masking is not great. So oh yeah, is, yeah. But I dig that. I dig that. Right it, there, right. Because we know how to do that that sort of stuff. So it's like, hey, we could have almost made a game ourselves because we know how to hold a video camera. We could have made cutscenes before cutscenes were cutscenes. They, uh, uh, there was, uh, oh, where was that shit? I, uh, man, in, in like a chase, chasing like a black hole one time, uh, reading about 3D cameras. There was someone specifically talking about how 3D cameras were going to, uh, in a lot of ways, revolutionize the way that they were like creating games or like capturing an area, like, you know, mapping yeah. out area. And, and actually, now that I see some of this stuff, it looks like they did maybe use that here um based off the way it's like i don't know i don't know i'm gonna have to try to find that article it's fascinating it is an old one i, I found like i found something called uh battlefleet ground assault which seems kind of interesting they're like command entire companies of tanks across battlefields in world war ii in turn-based tactical strategy and you can apparently control the individual shots of each tank, which seems kind of neat. But the real reason I went for this is the update is why Battlefleet for tanks? As I Battlefleet Ground Assault is the third game in our Battlefleet series. The previous two were focused on naval combat, obviously, hence the fleet sure. name. As the games grew in popularity, we wanted to expand the series to cover different types of battlefields. As a small indie team, starting with a new name or brand is an uphill battle. So they just called it Battlefleet. Interesting. So you have a fleet of tanks now. It, it, it don't look too bad, though. I like the look of that. That's not too shabby. To round out today, Killing Floor Incurs is now on PS4, and that's really about it. Hmm. No, Not much to talk about there. We found nothing on May the 2nd that any of us cared about. No. So I'm, I'm so the fact that there was something called Homestar VR that wasn't Homestar Runner angers me. <laughs> yeah, so much. Well, there you go. May the third, however, does bring us the first historical Total War game we've had in a while. No yeah. Skaven or not real history, I'm afraid. No real rap, man. Total War Saga: Thrones of Britannia. So, if you want something a little bit more realistic out of your Total War games. This is definitely the way you're going to get it. I have played a very small amount of it. And what I will say is that if you really thought that 
sieges were the weak point of Total War, this game does its very best to fix that. It's got some of the most interesting sieges because it's set in a time where you don't really have traditional castles. You've got Mott and Bailey stuff, which is much harder to defend. So you're going to be dealing with enemies coming in from multiple sides, including naval invasions happening during a siege. They can actually land troops in the middle of your battle if you happen to have a harbor there or any access to water. It so, looks cool. Yeah, it it's does. what uh, I played is pretty cool. It's supposed to be set in the like British invasion, um, like the uh, what eight seven eight A.D. Well, it's setting. Set, it's set around the Anglo-Saxon and Viking settler kind of clash, right? So yeah, I think Norse warlord. If you if you've watched the series Vikings, you will get some idea of what's going on with that. Oh, that's, uh, yeah. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, outside of that, there wasn't really much else. Um, even Switch is getting some fairly obscure indies at the moment. Nothing too major for them. Please let us make games for your platform. Oh, it's portable. Oh, <laughs> lo lots of people make them. Uh, it's just apparently none of them are coming out this week. Uh, the one we saw on May the 4th was one of yours, Jesse's, is Escape First. Yeah, uh, it is... A VR, although it might also not be VR too, but it's a VR escape room game. Uh, it can be co-op or you can play it by yourself and there are multiple rooms to escape from. I just thought the rooms looked really cool. And I, I imagine, nice. yeah, yeah, imagine doing that in VR would be pretty fun. And so there's, they each have different themes and one sort of like a weird, you're trapped in a clown's like shitty room. Oh, and dear. one is, it seems very like Resident Evil 7, but one is also like you are in a strange room with clocks and it's like a very bizarre time and space room yeah. so that looks awesome actually yeah you i think could, that's pretty cool there's some nice stuff in that including you don't have to have vr if you don't want to and nice. they, they have a versus mode which you can get up to six people um and the versus mode oh. You can actually lock each player in the room and they try and escape the room before the others do. That's cool. The, yeah. the problem I've got with games like that is generally replayability. Yeah. Right. So hopefully, yeah. if the price is right, if the price isn't too bad, then that's fine, I think. Yeah. But yeah, and it, it supports cross platform as well for VR, so that's good. That's super cool. Big release for Switch this week is Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze, which is a fucking phenomenal platformer and very challenging at least it was for me i am admittedly bad at platformers i, I was gonna say you said the words phenomenal platformer can can someone please take note because it's great you saying that a platformer it's is fucking great yeah because it's rare it's, it's rare, super say rare. That. <laughs> it's very 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 good game you should definitely look at it may the fifth uh, yeah, so, that's coming. That's coming my yeah. way. It's another it's another one of those like I'll play it, the kid will play it. Yeah. I love that he's playing yeah. a Donkey Kong Country game, like, you know, that still blows me. And away. a very good one as well. I'm looking for yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. May the fifth, I actually have Star Trek adversaries up there because I think that's when it properly enters early access. Um, I think. Um for which one? for Star Trek Adversaries, wow. the CCG. But that's weird because according to this, you can play it right now. It may very well be that might be for an update 
or maybe for a full-on release. I'm not sure. Um, we will see. But one way or the other, like I said, pay attention to that game if you're looking for some CCG action. There's some good stuff there. Outside of that, that is basically it. We couldn't find anything else. I had a game. Really? You should have marked it on the list. It then. wasn't on your list, remember? Uh, oh. Okay. <laughs> what have we got then? Uh, Austin Translation. So, like, oh, Jane Austen. Yes. And so it's not so much Lost in Translation, translation but it's Austin I Translation. I can't, I can't spell this thing. Uh, A U S T E N. There we go. There yes. you go. So, oh, yes, Austin Translation. There we go. Yeah. So, <laughs> obviously, like, the characters are all from Jane Austen, well, the, uh, the Austen novels. And. They have like party feature where multiple people can play together and they what, or they can hot it, seat it. Um, it's a hybrid between like a strategy and a visual novel. So from what I've read about it, it seems like there are different um, sort of like quests and things. Like basically you are the, the girl who wants to marry well, just like it is in the novel. So you get to go find your Mr. Darcy. Isn't there a, isn't there a <laughs> card game like that? Yeah, I think there is. Mm, I'm is it based sure. off of that? Is it maybe it's the same thing? Not sure. I have no clue. I, I just I know that uh, I know that the people who made this game also made another game. It's kind of like Cluedo in a way, the other one that they made. But I don't. See, I yeah, didn't see anything. Yeah, this sounds familiar. Um, they made uh, a Matter of Murder, which was the only other thing that they've put out. Yeah, apparently it randomly combines plot elements and settings and stuff. So it Ooh. makes weird hybrids of Austin novels. So that's kind of that's got potential, I think. They've got to find their man. Yeah. I did find Jane Austen's Matchmaker, but it's a card game, but not the same thing. Not quite the same thing, I don't think. No. <laughs> there is there is one about um, seducing Mr. Darcy. I know there's a board game for that. Yeah, um, and, and yeah, they have that, and they also have like the zombie version of that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah Zombie Pride and Prejudice and all that stuff. Yeah, obviously the book was better than the movie. The movie was horrible. I didn't. I skipped that one. No, you watched it with me. <laughs> no. Yeah, you did. I don't believe so. And he I apologize been, for every moment. But he wasn't watching. <laughs> I, I may not have been, been paying present, attention. But he was gone. Yeah, I was zoned. He I was think. watching like the old school CNC FMVs. And yeah, that's what he was doing instead. Which yeah, was a better, much better use of his time. Frankly. Yeah. Well, that's about it when it comes to stuff that's coming out this week. You probably still got a big backlog, let's be frank. So you've got time to try and catch up until we start to get anything good again. Stardew Valley multiplayer beta. It is, oh, yes, yeah. 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 Sorry, I'm hyped now. <laughs> Gaming news. Yeah. So it's good. It's a good time to have God of War and nothing coming out. So I'm I'm yeah. in a good spot this right is, now. This is about the time... <laughs> You see, this is the right time to release it in May, you know, really, late April and May. They're really, I was looking at the schedule of, of big releases. The next big release, and some might not even consider this a big release, is uh, uh, Detroit on the 25th. Big Between release. Now, I'd, I'd call that big. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'd call no, that a big deal. Fuck you guys. I'm in. David Cage, David I'm Cage in. Golden God. David I'm, Cage I'm in. God. Yeah, um, you're not yeah. going to find the argument here. I'll be playing it. Yeah. At the moment, yeah, I'm still playing Battletech because I think there's probably a lot of gameplay left in that game. I barely scratched the surface. 
I'll still be doing year one at Hogwarts. No, you will not. <laughs> you gotta un- I'm kidding. Uninstall that and never play it again. I was curious. Uh, and that's what curiosity gets you. <laughs> 15 points from Gryffindor. All right. <laughs> examine, examine. Ah, <laughs> it's horrible. Dear Lord. All right. Thank you very much for watching the show, folks. Before we go, I'd love to know what our guests are going to be up to over the next couple of weeks. Marcus, thank you for coming on the show. Good to get to podcast with you again. It's a rare thing when that happens. It is. Thank you. Thank you so much. And like, honestly, um, I've got two big things coming up. The first one is uh, we've been uh, doing a little show over on the Twitch channel. It's called Stream On. And it's, uh, you know, essentially 14 streamers have been uh, competing. And the end end goal is uh, $60,000, paid out $5,000 over uh, 12 months. But we're in our top six. And uh, we're going to... Who's the top six? Hit me with the top six. Our top six are Bonsai Baby, Wavy, Majin Taj, 88-Bit Music, The Only Ryan, and The Buttress. And uh, the finale is coming up uh, pretty soon, but we're going to go from six to four on Thursday. And it's been a lot of fun. Uh, I, I never imagined it would kind of be as, as great as it's been, not only from an entertainment standpoint, but also just uh you know discovering some new and awesome streamers that will hopefully be the future of all this and then of course e3 is like right around the corner i saw a tweet and someone had put 43 days until yeah. e3 and i would like that person to crawl back into bed and not come out for the rest of the day yes that, I that agree. shook me up a little bit i could not disagree <laughs> more with that jesus christ <laughs> stop celebrating e3 please Please, yeah. it's just too much. When I got yeah. the uh, the you know the media emailer that they send you like every year where they're like you know yeah. redo your your credentials and stuff, they yeah. sent that to me like over a month ago, and I and I'm I'm just like hit in the face no. with it. I'm like E3, what well, is they, it they already? Stuff now you yeah. have to the regulations in order to get in, you have to have like actual numbers on YouTube or Twitch in order to go. Oh to yeah, see. yeah. So. But they also have the public thing anyway. So it's just. But there's you know. a special media day, and I might actually get to play games this year. There is. There is. If you make those numbers, Jesse, let's be honest, right? Oh, I mean. Not again. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jesse, what's coming up on the channel this week? What's going on? Uh, more God of War fun and uh, some Scary Game Squad stuff. We played a bunch of different games before I left, and they are just the worst. And uh, I also want to give a massive shout out to Monster Prom. It came out on Friday. It is super fun. And crazily enough, people seem to love it. And um, it's doing very, very well. And I'm so thankful to everyone on the team for making that thing uh, as fun as it is. So, And to clarify, you were involved in the development of that. Yes, I'm the, I'm the executive producer. I'm the producer of the game. Nice. And uh, it is... I definitely have no development chops, but I do have uh, the time and energy to promote and push and tell people what to do. And so <laughs> that's, that's what I've done. And um, it is, it's awesome. It's, it's super cool. And it's, it's uh, doing much better than we expected. So very I hope cool. everyone enjoy. Yeah. Yes. My son will be making cursed memes in no time. I certainly <laughs> hope not. Outside of that, uh, we will hopefully be doing depending on what's going on in the next couple of weeks, couple of streams, and we're going to be focusing on some co-op gameplay. Yeah. As I said, and it will 
gross. Okay, apparently I've been rejected. <laughs> no, uh, I'll play with you. Okay, I won't, we won't be playing anything because she hates me. Stardew Valley multiplayer, what? No, it's not going to happen. Aww. Oh, come on, TV. You know you just want to, like, no. probably farm with your wife. No, I don't want to Why won't you plant your stuff in my garden? Uh, what? <laughs> I think it's various reasons, but anyway. Wow. Now who's rejected? Right. Thank you very much for watching the Corruptional Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be back same time. Next week, once again, Dodger is away on maternity leave indefinitely. We don't know when she's coming back. So to keep an eye out for that and uh, we'll find some guests and we'll make a show happen. It's generally what we do here. And sometimes it even works out. Thank you very much to Marcus for joining us today. And thanks once again to Jen for filling the hot seat. And she'll be back same time next week. We'll see you then. Goodbye.